Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson with Bob Lapine. Teenage years are very hard, and so we encourage parents, stay relational. The best thing you could do is self-care and stay relational. That will go a long way. How do we stay anchored in the storms, and how do we remember who we are so we can remind our teenagers who they are? Welcome to Family Life Today, where we want to help you pursue the relationships that matter most. I'm Ann Wilson. And I'm Dave Wilson, and you can find us at FamilyLifeToday.com or on our Family Life app. This is Family Life Today. Okay, let's talk teenage years. Let's do. As a parent. Oh, no. Do you remember those years? Yes, you do. That was like 15 They were some of my ago. favorite years. Oh, I love the teenage years. And yet they were some of my most dreaded mistakes. Yeah, I mean, our listeners have heard, and if they've read our book, they know about you uh, in the snowbank. Yeah. You don't need to tell the whole story, but it was, okay. a, it was a frustrating time. Okay, so we are with a bunch of our friends. And we're all at this big potluck, and somebody says, hey, somebody's going to pray. So the entire room is silent. There's probably 30 people. There's probably 20 kids. All from our church. And suddenly you hear someone say, this food looks like poop. (laughs) And that's our son. And I give him the eye like, oh, you are in so much trouble. So... That goes on. I'm totally humiliated. Later, we're leaving, and I say, hey, hon, could you walk your brother, put your brother on your back, because he didn't bring his shoes for some reason, and take him out to the car. And then again, the room's silent, but our son says, I have to do everything in this family. (laughs) And so now I'm following him out. He's carrying this son, and now we are out of all the ears and so i say you are in so much trouble that was so disrespectful and that was embarrassing we get to the car there's a snowbank and he's putting his little brother into the car and i see this snowbank and the sun is off balance and so i take my shoulder and i just nudge him and he falls into the snowbank i get into the car and i lock all the car doors (laughs) and now the sun is pounding on the door my husband the pastor is coming into the car he says what's happening right now so he finally gets in the car because I unlock it and I start crying saying, I am the worst mom ever and I will never talk about parenting ever again. And here we are talking about parenting (laughs) with uh, two dads who uh, wrote a book about it but also have studied brain science Mm -hmm. as it relates to marriage and life and faith and now parenting. So welcome back to Family Life today. We got Marcus Warner and Chris Gorsey with us. Thank you for being here. That's our pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, we've already talked about you guys we so do. much. Not just Aww. us. Every parent needs you. I mean, this latest book, The Four Habits of Raising Joy-Filled Kids, remind us what the four habits are, and then let's talk about how do you apply them to adult age, teenage age kids. No, absolutely. Uh, so the four habits are A, B, C, D. And you can think AB with the right side of the brain, CD with the left side of the brain dominantly. But it is uh, attune, 
uh, to their emotions, read their body language. B is help them bounce back from their emotion. C is correct with care. And D is develop discipline relationally. See, I did that perfectly with the snowball. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, tell us what well, we did wrong there. Yeah. Well, honestly, I'm listening to the story going, every parent, right, has a story like yeah. this. Yeah. Because what it means is that my emotional capacity got overwhelmed. Hmm. And the switch in my brain that controls whether or not I stay myself and act like myself had gone off. Hmm. And you turned into a different person momentarily. I did turn into right? a different person. So as soon as your switch came back online, you were mortified, yeah. right? Because you're like, that's not like me to do that. And so now your true self is having an argument with the <laughs> false self that was up there a minute ago going, you know, will the real me please stand up? And it's confusing and it's shaming. And we've all been there, right? We've all Which have... is interesting, too, because the enemy of our soul is saying, yes. that's your true self. That it, person yeah. you just became, that's who you are. And then God is saying, no, it's not. That's not who I created you to be. Exactly. Too many of us identify ourselves by our malfunctions. And not by who we are when we're living with joy. Mm. The identity center of the brain is the highest level of brain function. It's on the right side of the brain. And really what we're talking about is how do I parent with my relational circuitry on Mm. as opposed to parenting with my relational circuitry off? Because when my relational circuitry goes off, I do turn into a different person. And that's what our kids kind of sense in us. Like, which dad am I talking to right now? Yeah, right? Yeah. Which that's mom true. am I talking to? And what they're saying is you change, right? You know, if you're feeling this emotion, you don't act like you do when you're feeling that emotion. And I get scared of you when you're feeling this emotion. Mm. But I love being around you when you're with this one, right? So we all have those holes. And that's part of what we're trying to do in growing our own maturity is filling out those holes of the emotions that cause us to turn into something. Else. So, Chris, how do we get the switch on? Yeah, you know, there's a couple of things that we can do to get the switch back on. Marcus and I uh, have an acrostic called Cake. And so I cake. love all your acrostics. A, B, C, D, We try to keep it easy here. So the C is just for curiosity. So we can notice, am I relational right now? Am I curious about what you're thinking? So curiosity is a very quick way to go. You know what? I'm not curious right now because I'm really mad at you. That's a good sign I'm not relational. And the A is just for appreciation. Can I feel appreciation? So appreciation is just what we call package joy. Can you think of something from your day that was good and can you feel that? And so when our relational circuit is off, we can't feel appreciation. We're like, no, I'm just really mad. So if you can take a moment and just pause and catch your breath and think about something that was good, one of God's gifts to you. That can actually help to get this relational circuit back on. And the K and K is just kindness. Do I feel like being kind? The E is eye contact. Do you have eye contact with your child or not? You know, can you feel like looking your child in the eye right now? And again, when we're in non-relational mode, what we call enemy mode, right? The people I love feel like enemies instead of my son that I love. Let me say one thing about cake here, which is that it's both a way to assess where I'm, if I am fit to be having this conversation. Oh, that's good. Yes. Right. So the point here is that if I am walking out to a car and I am feeling about my son, no curiosity, no appreciation, <laughs> no, no kindness. kindness. And the only eye contact I want to make with him is to stare him down. Yeah. Right. Then what it tells me is I have a problem. Mm. Okay. And my problem is not my son. My problem is that half of my brain has shut down. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that. Right, just knowing that is helpful, right? And so I'm going, my problem that I need to fix right now is I need to get the right side of my brain back online so that whatever I say to my child, 
I act like myself when I do it. Mm. So say nothing. Yeah, if it's you're better. At that point. It's better at that point to say nothing. Yeah. And work on finding some curiosity and finding some appreciation, and thinking of a way to do this with kindness. And then engaging, yeah. right? We've all got these moments where, well, yeah, that was not a joyful moment in my ch- you know. But the goal here is that I knew, and this is where kids know, I know that my dad was happy to have me around, mm. right? That's a joy bond. That means that you're going to have a joy-filled kids when they know instinctively, you know, my dad loves having me around. But then they also learn my dad doesn't like having me around if I have this emotion or this emotion or this emotion. <laughs> or this, you know. And oh, so what yeah. happens is they form a fear bond with you when they have certain emotions and a joy bond with you when they don't. And when I don't know what to do, my default setting is validate. Hmm. Right? I'm like, I don't know what to do with you right now. So I need to attune, try to read your body language and see if I can't validate your emotion, which means I don't have to agree that you should be feeling this way. I just have to recognize my son or my daughter right now is feeling a level 10 sadness. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why I don't think they should be feeling that sad, but they are. So what I don't want to do is minimize it and go, well, it's not that bad. You shouldn't be. You have a lot to be thankful for. Right. Exactly. You know, stop being sad, start being thankful. Aren't you a good Christian? Right. And that's not, that's not going to be helpful there. What we need to do is meet them in their big sadness. Like you are really sad right now, aren't you? So this is something is really, really bothering you. Mm. And so with the tone of my voice, with the expression on my face, with my words, I want to let them know that I see them. If I am accurate, then their reaction should be nodding. Mm. Like, yeah, that's right. That's what's going on. I can mess it up, too. I can say, why are you so angry? And they're not actually angry, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's not going to work. So uh, validating has to be accurate. And you are validating their right brain emotion. What you're not validating is any narrative they are expressing or any beliefs that they are stating. In other words, you don't say, I feel like I'm the biggest loser in the world. Well, you don't validate that by saying, well, you know, you are the biggest loser in the world. (laughs) Yeah. Right? No, you're reading what's the emotion behind that. It's like, oh, you're feeling a tremendous amount of shame right now, aren't you? That's what this is. And so you're, you're walking them through that, and you validate their emotion. And then once you've done a good job of validating, then you can move to comforting. What most parents, the mistake we make is we try to comfort kids of all ages Mm. without validating the emotion first. And... It sends an unmeant message. We don't mean to send the message, but that I don't care about you. I just want you to get fixed. For my sake. For my yeah, sake. Right? Right. It feels like selfish parenting to the kid. And it, it's helpful to know for teenagers, the teenage brain is going through a house cleaning. So what that means is there's a whole rewiring going on around puberty. And so whatever skills were there... They will still be there after this house cleaning process. But if they weren't there, they're going to be really harder to learn after the house cleaning. So that's why parents want to pull out their hair sometimes with teenagers because there's hormones, there's emotions, everything is big, everything is loud, and it feels like everything's difficult. Well, that's because the brain is very irritable during this house cleaning. And so basically the brain is saying, what do we use? We'll keep. Whatever we don't use, we're going to start getting rid of. So teenage years are very hard. And so we encourage parents, stay relational. The best thing you could do is self-care and stay relational. That will go a long way. How do we stay anchored in the storms? And how do we remember who we are so we can remind our teenagers who they are? Mm. I found, too, that the biggest challenges we face in the teen years are emotions that they didn't learn how to bounce back from as children. So, in other words, when they get to be teenagers, they're now feeling really big emotions 
And as kids, mm. we weren't able to remain relational with them and comfort them, and they didn't get that really solid foundation. And so now as teens, they feel doubly alone with this emotion. And when I feel alone with an emotion, it's traumatizing to me. Mm-hmm. So when I feel like I feel so much shame right now and I can't tell anybody, you know, I'm just going to hide. I'm not going to let anybody know. Or I'm so mad at the world and I'm so angry, you know, but my parents don't care. And so what happens is teenage years are get especially hard because they're having really big emotions and with no expectation that those emotions are going to get validated and that there's going to be any kind of connection to them other than a correction, like stop having such big emotions, you're ruining my day. Listeners right now with teenagers are saying yes, yes, yes. And I think what's hard too is because as parents are trying to build relationship, many times the teen will push them away and the parent will leave. In our parenting book, we said that in the teenage years, it's all about relationship, but a lot of parents are like, so what's that look like? Because they're pushing me away. They're actually flipping me sarcastic remarks and sort of acting like I'm an idiot and getting in their car because they now can and driving away, and yet I'm supposed to be pursuing a relationship, but they don't want it. But do they? So pursuing a relationship out of fear makes you a doormat, right? What do you mean by that? Well, it's like if I'm uh, like, please don't run away from me. Please, we have to be in a relationship. Please, I couldn't handle it emotionally if you don't like me. Hmm. That turns me into a doormat. They perceive that. They pick up on it. They know they can walk all over us and get away with anything. Mm. You know, we haven't talked a whole lot about the C and the D, right? The correcting with care and the developing disciplines relationally. But there is a – I have to be stubborn as a parent on things. You know, so I may lead with this, and I am meeting them in their emotion, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to correct. Especially with teens, what I would tell my kids a lot is my goal for you is I want you to be successful. All right, what I mean by that is I want you to be a high achiever. I want you to have lots of friends because friendship's really big in the teen years, right. right? I want you to be have a lot of friends. I want you to be the sort of person that people like hanging out with. I want you to, to have a family of your own someday. I'm casting this picture for them, this vision of I want you to have a successful life. The path you're on right now is not going to get you there. And so it's like we've got to make a correction here. Mm. So there have to be some consequences right now for what you've done and what you're doing. The attitude you're displaying that you've displayed, we are not going to be tolerated in this house. Okay, we are putting down some boundaries. But I have done the validating and and the other things first. I've met them where they are in their emotions first. But now I'm correcting them and saying, but this is not going to keep happening this way. So if you only have attuning and building bounds and you never get to correcting you just spoil your kids is that true for the toddler too or the child up to four years old or even later we always tell parents you can't spoil babies or toddlers like they're in receiving mode and so ultimately it's about the parent fear well i'm afraid if i do this my child's going to get spoiled and in the book marcus and i really you know try to bring this home in bold letters is you cannot spoil an infant they are receiving but you can be an example to help them better learn how to manage what they feel because they're going to take that training and they'll use that every day of their life especially when they get into the teenage years where their brain is going through the big house cleaning. And so ultimately, how do we help people manage what they feel? And how do I, as a parent, not be fearful? And I help parents, what are your fears here with your teenager? What are you afraid is going to happen? Well, I'm afraid my child's not going to like me. Yeah. You know, I'm afraid they're going to be mad at me. Okay, well, those are valid fears. Now, how do you stay your relational self? 
how would you navigate this without that fear? So it really helps to identify what are the fears that are driving this bus. Let's acknowledge them. Let's give them to Jesus. Let's give an example. My son or daughter is depressed. I feel like they're suicidal. Mm. My fear is they're going to take their life. Yeah, that's a very big. Yeah, it doesn't get much more extreme. Yeah, right. So there were a lot of steps to get there Mm -hmm. first. But secondly, once you are there, what you want to let them know is I'm here for you all the way and whatever's going on, no matter how dark this gets. One of the mistakes, especially Christians, I think, tend to make when it comes to hopelessness is that we want to cut it off and inject hope. Yes. Instead Mm -hmm. of allowing people to fully express the level of hopelessness they're in. Tell you sort of illustrate, like Dr. Wilder was telling me, like he often gets asked to come in and sit in on, you know, the hardest client and some, you know, when he's in as a guest and uh, somebody's like, this person's really depressed. They could really use some hope. Please inject some hope into them. And so the person says, well, you know, sometimes at night I, you know, I would just wish I wasn't here. And he looked at him and said, you know, and I bet it gets even worse than that, doesn't it? And the person looked around like, um, yeah, it does. It gets darker than that. And he, they went on to express that sometimes I think about killing myself and doing this stuff. I said, you know what? And sometimes it gets even darker than that, doesn't it? They're like, yeah. You know, sometimes I've even thought about this. But nobody has ever let them fully get into the darkest to place. To feel what they need to feel. To feel what they need to feel and know that somebody is still happy to be with me in my darkness. Mm. So it's kind of like Job's friends. They did a really good job sitting with him for those days yeah. when they just sat there. Yeah. But the moment they started yeah. to try to explain it or justify it or fix him. What miserable comforters you are, Job <laughs> said. Like, if only they could have stayed silent. So in a sense, sometimes, you know, people just need to feel seen, heard and understood. I need to be able to feel my hopelessness. And if I am sitting with my friend who's hopeless, if my brain knows how to get back to relational, glad to be together, joy, I'm not afraid to go to that level of hopelessness because mm. I've been there before and I know how to get back. If I don't, then I will try to stop it. I'll minimize it. I'll try to put the fire out. And then the person's going to feel misunderstood because I'm trying to fix it yeah. or I'm trying to shortchange it. So. It's very good, especially for parents to know, like, your children ultimately have to learn how to manage what they feel, which means as parents, we have to learn how to manage what we feel. Mm. Right. And there's a time to getting professionals involved. So we're not trying to say this is a replacement for that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like if you're getting, you know, professional help in there, your job as a parent, what is it I'm supposed to be doing? Mm. And part of this is to let them know I'm happy to be with you no matter how dark yeah. things get for you, that you're not alone. Yeah. What I'm hearing you saying, too, is that feeling that our kids or even our spouse gets that, like, they want to be with me. Yes. They are excited that I'm here. Yeah. No matter what age or even a spouse, that is really key. And, you know, at the end of the day, our children need to know they're not alone. Hmm. Whatever we can do as parents to remind and show our children you're not alone, that will go a long way. Because a lot of times as parents, we feel like we have to have all the answers. We have to fix this. We have to put the fire out. As we learn to manage what we feel, we're showing our children and demonstrating this is the kind of people we are. I love how Jesus wept when he came upon the grieving community for Lazarus. Like Jesus knew what he was going to do, mm. but he wept. He shared it. He didn't tell him, hey, there's no need to be sad. You don't have to. Oh, no. He actually entered in and shared the, the communal grief. And that's just so helpful for parents to hold on to. Like, look, mm. 
you don't have to have every right answer, but just get good at just being with your children and letting them know they're loved. I'm glad to be with you. Even in this mess, I'm glad I can be with you and walk you through that. That is just it's life changing. That is such a great word for parents of any age child. You said your child is longing to look at your face and see that you are happy that they're your child. I think that doesn't change when they're a teenager. Or adult. That's right. It just doesn't change. They want to know, are you still pleased that I'm your child? And when they feel and sense that from us, even when we're disciplining them, they feel secure. That's it. They'll use that for the rest of their lives. No matter what happens here, I am loved. I belong. I'm going to be all right, no matter what. Mm. Yeah, and that's what we mean by joy-filled. Yeah. And the goal here is to start a joy revolution, right? We live in a very low-joy culture. Wow. We live in a very low-joy church for the most part. And a lot of us were raised in low-joy families. And what we're really after here is... If we're going to start a joy revolution in the culture, it's got to start with the families. And we're better than the Christian families. <laughs> right? So we, know, often, we know the answer. Right? Yes. Yes. We know the end of the right. story. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And I find that so often Christian families have been so focused on behavior yes. that they've been focusing on making sure their kids behave like Christians. Mm. And I look back, God created us to be part of his family. Mm. And what, what does he want for his family? He wants us all to love each other, to love him, and for there to be joy to be fulfilled or mm. our joy to be complete so it's all going back to that how do we kind of fulfill god's original intention for creating humans in the first place you want a joy-filled family and when he sees us there's a smile yep. yes and our sons and daughters should feel the same thing from us yep. thank right. you guys this has been awesome so good thank you it's been so good Thank Dave and Ann Wilson, along with Bob Lapine and their team, for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication, and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change, and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you have more questions on how to develop healthy marriages, how to be a better parent, how to make romance and sex work well, or how to grow spiritually? Check out some articles that will help challenge you to move forward well at our website. Go to families.powertochange.org.au for more information. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family.